1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Recovery, a podcast about leaving ministry, adjusting what you do in ministry, whether or not you've ever been in ministry, all about transitions and recovery and how you can, as some folks said in our uh, listener group, how you can be a normal person, what that's like. So I'm one of the hosts, Sarah Heath, and this is uh, Justin Gentry, uh, and now and now a normal person. And now a normal person. And all we mean by that is if you have served in ministry, if you volunteered in ministry, if you know a minister, this podcast was created for you. And so we are really glad that you are here and that you've been listening. And so this is our end of year episode slash holiday episode. Yeah, this is episode 40, which like, I don't know if Sarah, if you know this, but this puts us in like the top 80%, 90% of podcasts. What? People don't do 40? People don't do more than like, I think it's like 50 or 60% of podcasts don't make it past episode three. So, okay. (laughs) So we're doing really well. We're doing it. We're doing it. And that's, you know, because of listeners and because of amazing support and the discord and Patreon communities. Like it's, it's really, this is because of you all. And we're, we're very happy to be part of your rev recovery journey. It's true. Yeah, we launched this year in January and you know, this is our end of year. We will be taking a few weeks off because we have our our rhythm, if you will, of doing 20 episodes and then being like, we're gonna take a breather. We also just want to get more involved. I think mean, that's like as Justin and I, and by that I mean Justin and I both had quite a year. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. both of us yep. from job transitions to now I have a day job to me getting my credential or working on my credential for coaching and all this stuff. And so we created a community on the Discord and it's incredible, but I think we want to be more creative with how we use that, how we participate in it. So we take a couple of weeks off so that we can do brainstorming sessions. So the Rev Recovery will continue. Just kind of a programming note. This will be the last episode of the year. And right. you know, for a little bit, uh, we'll be back late January, February. We're coming back 2023. And you know what? We talked about merch last year and we had that idea to have our shirts influencer. And then our dear friend Kevin created the shirt and is doing quite well with it. So here's yeah. a little hint, guys. If you have an idea and you share it with your friends, not that Kevin stole it, but Kevin just literally was like, I'm making new shirts. I'm going to throw this one in. Friends, do the thing. Don't yeah. waste your time. Don't, don't, don't wait. Don't sit on it. I Elizabeth Gilbert talks about that in Big yes. Magic which is my my bible essentially. Yeah, big magic so good. And basically just like the ideas come to you and sometimes those ideas if you don't act on them go to somebody else. Yeah. To to, to be born in the world. And then they do really well and a bunch of other influencers buy the shirt cuz they've yeah. been Yep. So we learned our lesson friends. Yeah. But that's and that's sometimes you know sometimes ideas come and you should say goodbye to them. I think that's part of the <laughs> recovery journey like 
like I, when, as I've, you know, now that I'm a podcaster, as just one of the things I do and mm-hmm. I have two podcasts. So people come to me that sometimes are like, Hey, would you like to do another? And I gently tell them, no, <laughs> I, I cannot and until I have like a full-time assistant or something. There's no way. Cause I, I do have, I think sometimes the impression is, Oh, they're a podcaster. They do that for a living. Like, no, Oh no. Oh no. Um, this is in the margins and it, it, and we pay, we still, I mean, we are doing great. Thank you so much to our Patreon folks. We, we still pay for half the episodes. Yeah. And, and that's fine, but it's just, it's, it's, totally um, it's, it's a labor of love for sure. It and is a labor of love. And it's an art that is done on the margins of life. And again, according to Elizabeth Gilbert, that's the best art is made there. And I kind of feel like she's right. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, one of the things that as we look back on the year, I mean, guys, when we started this conversation, I was working on my trailer in Bend. I remember sitting at the dining table at my friend's house that I was house sitting. You and I chatting late at night. It was freaking cold. And we were trying to figure out how to launch a new and we were recording before we even launched. And I just didn't even know if people would listen to it. And I had no idea, no idea what the next year would look like. Yeah. I, I remember you were worried about serial killers at one point. Oh, yeah. You guys, I, I go back to the I don't know if I talk about it in the first episodes, but I was house sitting in a place that doesn't have streetlights. And I don't know if you guys know, but Oregon is like one of the murder capitals of the world for uh, serial killers. Because, you know, there's no one really around and it's the woods and I'm freaking myself out right now. And it's like beautiful midday in California. But yeah, you also I, listen to a lot of true crime. I have got to stop. I like, <laughs> but I don't want to. This is like confessions right now. Yeah. If I'm addicted to anything, it's true crime podcasts. I think there's, yeah, I, as I look back at this year and just, yeah, how much both of us have gone through, even if it just comes from our surprise was we thought this would be a very niche market. And while it is a niche market, it's been more for people who are transitioning in the way that they look at their faith communities or even like their jobs. And I, I thought it was just going to be ministers, but it really hasn't been. Yeah, I think that's been the, the biggest surprise is that, I mean, yes, RevCovery is designed in a lot of ways for ministers, but that that so many people that are that are volunteers or that are, mm-hmm. you know, just, you know, even involved in church feel much of the same stresses and the same sense of obligation and the same, I guess, bad relationship with religion and the church. And that it's, it's definitely more acute with pastors because it's like, this is your job, but you know, volunteers are still feeling that same thing. And so I think that was a big surprise this year. Yeah. Even if you're not a professional. Yeah. You can still feel it. And, and even a pastor's kid that never went into ministry can feel it. Because they feel the pain of like all that they lost kind of in that time. I think that's Mm -hmm. been, I think also, if I'm honest, you know, since we're talking about surprises, I have been just pleasantly surprised by the friendships that this has brought me. Like Mm -hmm. I was thinking before we hopped on this call, as I was driving over here, just about like some of my good friends are because I do this podcast. You know, Heather Sanford has become a dear friend of mine. She was a couple episodes ago. Guys, I met her because I was doing this podcast. Yeah. And yeah, I've I've met so many people, you know, because of this. And so it's been a, it's been quite the journey really. And so again, it's just, it's with so much gratitude and holiday cheer, I guess. that <laughs> I just want to say, you know, thank you. Uh, this is, thank it's you. been, it's been a huge gift to both of us and yeah, it's been, it's been lovely. It's been lovely, but we're not breaking up guys. We're coming back 2023. It's yeah. going to be great. This is not goodbye forever. <laughs> no, re-listen to episodes by the way, because some of them are so good. 
And most of them are all so good, guys. And I made it sound yeah. like I have favorites. They're like our children. <laughs> they are like, you can't choose one that you I, like more than There are more. some I like more than others, I'll be honest. Um. <laughs> <laughs> what You know what, though? Let's just be honest for a minute, Justin. Why not? You and I have yeah. already been chatting for like an hour before we hit record. Yeah. The w- episodes that we're like, I don't know if this is going to matter to anyone this i don't know that we should publish this and then people are like oh my gosh thank you so much yes that has happened multiple uh, m- multiple times and that happens uh, maybe it just my uh, my taste is off <laughs> maybe like a, you and i don't under- hey we almost had a banger of a t-shirt and we messed it up so yeah but we're like we yeah just it, it it's amazing to see what happens out there and what people need and you know, even even when we're like, oh, this episode's okay. It's just okay. You know, done is better than perfect. Uh, but then, but then, you know, something happens out in the world, and it finds the right person, and that's it's it's a gift every time. It's that's every time. the big magic part. I need to reread Big Magic. Maybe it's, that's what I do over the holiday break that I'm not actually taking. That's gonna be my that's gonna be my recommendation to everybody is just read Big Magic, Elizabeth yeah. Gilbert, if you're listening. Elizabeth Gilbert, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> Brene Brown. Your books have helped us. I feel. <laughs> I feel like we're, re- we're we're revealing our source material. Like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of it. I mean, if you could, yeah. if you could know how many books I've read, just in the process of like, the neat thing I think too about this work is like we're going through it with you. So like, well, you guys are sending in resumes. I was sending in resumes and not getting jobs for the first time in my life. I know, privileged friends, isn't it good? And then to discover, oh wait. Not everyone wants to hire you. I was used to people not wanting to hire me because I was a girl within the church world. But yeah, it's hard to like go out into the quote unquote real world and realize like, oh, I'm overqualified for a lot of things. Well, (laughs) or yeah, ministry is so relational based, you know, like even getting a job, like most of the time you're sending a resume to someone, you know, or someone who's a friend of a friend or something. There's so many relationships built around it, whereas getting beautiful. It, it can be absolutely, yeah. You're a Methodist connection or whatever. It's like next oh, it's level. so good. It's like next level networking. But like, yeah, when you're doing a corporate job, it's not that way a lot of times. Although I did, I will say, I had the fortune of getting. I I had a job transition this year, and quite the opposite from Sarah. It's the first job I've never interviewed for. Ooh, they just said you should apply. It's just a formality. Well, yeah, I feel like that <laughs> I was. was I was, that was my uh, case too, right? Like yeah. the job that I actually have was the same way. I'm like, can you come? We've created this job for you. Please take it. And sometimes that happens. And that's, that's, a but I don't thing. think you can wait on it. I mean, the number of nights I spent feeling like I would not find something, which is so weird when you've been an overachiever. And for, I know we're going to talk about the Enneagram and everybody's going to roll their eyes or some people clap. I don't know that as an Enneagram three, not that that's my whole identity, but I, you know, the idea that like, I am not defined by my role and all, I mean, just so much wrapped into applying for a job. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast.
If you want to come on, just let us know. But we're here now. We're here now. And it's Christmas time. And it is. It's at, well, it's the holiday season because we're also, this is going to also be our New Year's episode. So, yeah. And also, what the hell is Christmas for those of us who have had any faith transition? We're all on, we're on a spectrum. As you know, Justin and I are in different parts of the spectrum ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What the hell do we do with Christmas this year, big guy? I, I don't know. So there's been, this is a, this is something I've been thinking about a lot, but you're all are going to get the first draft of it. I'm just, so I'm just going to, I'm going to put this out there. I, well, I think uh, obviously I've gone through multiple layers of transition in the way I relate to Christmas. There's obviously leaving ministry. The way you relate to Christmas is very different already. You know, Christmas is an insane time when you're a minister because there's so much pressure. There's so many things going on. There's a lot of good things too. Like there, you know, there's a lot of experiences you get to put on for people and sometimes you get to experience yourself. Like there's, there's a lot of good, but it's, it's a busy, busy time, but it's, I mean, it's just as busy for everyone else. Cause you like, it's, I think that's the thing. It's Christmas becomes so busy. And I think the longer I'm out of ministry and the longer I'm relating differently to Jesus and differently to Christianity. Um, you can debate in the comics, not comics, in the comments. If comments. I'm a, you or can debate. A comic. You could create a comic. You could create and a comment. Yeah. You can debate in the comments whether or not I'm a Christian or not. I debate in the comments whether I am or not. Figure it out for him is actually what Figure it out for me if you can. But in some ways, I, the longer I'm out, the more the Jesus parts of this season feel tacked on in ways that are inauthentic to me Mm. in the sense of like, obviously there's the capitalistic pressure of buying things. There's like the whole, there's the whole mythology of Santa Claus an elf on a shelf and putting a tree in your house. Mm -hmm. And, and so there's all the, so like, and then, and then churches come in like, remember the real reason for the season. And I'm like, my ancestors were celebrating Yule for thousands of years before y'all came along. We don't need to add more to this time. And lately it has felt like church and Jesus is just like adding one more layer of complexity to this already very complex time that I, that I don't find good in anymore. And some people might say, Oh, that's because Justin, you've rejected Jesus. And that when his name is said, it bothers you. Like, no, I'm fine with Jesus. I just like, he was born in the spring. Like I, I, I don't need, I don't need more during this time. And so there's a part of me that just, yeah, just feeling very tacked on. And, I, and I'm finding I'm enjoying the just like normal chintzy weird stuff about Christmas much more now that I kind of take a step back. And I'm like, I don't have to add church to this. And, and my kids want to celebrate Yule, like actual Yule, like, and the solstice and stuff like that. And like, like, okay, I'll bring this into my life and we'll like, you know, dehydrate oranges and hang them through our house or whatever people do. I don't know. I don't even. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But I, and, and maybe that comes out as a half-baked thought, but it's, it's feeling very tacked on the whole like Christian, you know, like, you know, and Christianity came into places where they already had winter festivals and was okay. like, and was like, Hey, let's celebrate Jesus at this time. And that is starting to feel more and more, I guess the, the stitches and the seams are starting to reveal themselves to me more and more lately. And I feel like maybe we just don't need to like make this about Jesus' birth. And that's just me personally. And I think also because a lot of times in the evangelical churches I was in, it was like, we're going to make this about Jesus' birth, but we also have to make it about Jesus' death. 
And so it's like, oh, shoot. You know, it's like this baby was born to die. Like, and it's like, this is just not, I don't enjoy this right now. I don't need this right now. And so I guess, I don't know. I'm just, I'm enjoying just trying to celebrate generic secular winter holiday. And I'm finding a lot of freedom in that and a lot of good in that when there's not that pressure. Yeah, I, it's interesting. I, it has been such a fascinating season for me. Behind the scenes, a lot of things that have been going on, like from breakups to like, all kinds of stuff that has made this idea of the Hallmark Christmas seem so far away for me. And in some ways, like even I was speaking at an event in North Carolina, and I think I shared with you guys that a friend of mine there challenged me to like reclaim Christmas. Like Christmas is always as a pastor, when I was a pastor, I always felt like it was, it was something that I created for other people. Experiences, events, yeah. everything was for other people. And I have since done great therapy over the last couple of months to realize that I actually do this thing called disembodiment, where I leave my own body and I hang out over here and I watch other people. Sounds and super someone creepy. else. We don't know who they are. Someone else pilots Sarah for a bit. Yeah. We go into performance mode, right? Like yeah. I know how to do it. And this year I have tried to figure out like, what is my, what is my seasonal? So the, the challenge my friend had is like, I want you to reclaim Christmas because she was talking about how much she loves Hallmark movies and all that stuff. I was like, I hate them. Mm -hmm. I hate how they make me feel like I'm not enough. I hate how I have this sense that somehow the way I did life was wrong because it clearly hasn't worked out. And I realized like I became this giant bomb bug. I've always done a giant. I've done a Christmas tree in my home, even though I'm the only person often who sees it. I've always done these things. And I this year I was like, I'm not even bringing my Christmas decorations out. And I realized, like, what what is that about? And so I brought some out, but not all because I'm going to be gone for the holiday. I get to do a really fun wedding, which is exciting, but it's not here. So I'm going to be traveling. And I think Christmas for me, I still <laughs> I love the stripped down story. Like, I love the Jesus narrative of the birth. Mm -hmm. I love that part. I don't know that I need to do that in a church. And I don't know, but I love a candlelight service. So I might actually go to my community that I used to pastor. You know, Jesus and I broke up for a while. And so I don't know what <laughs> Christmas is going to feel like because it's not Jesus that and I that broke up. It's the church systems. It's kind of all the things that I, and I've like, let it all go. Like, let it all go. I can't even like read the things I used to read about faith, but there's something still that pings in me and this idea of a, of a vulnerable baby, <laughs> like mm -hmm. if that's the message and sacredness of the season, like my, I remember when my niece was born and how like just vulnerable this child was and how I just wanted to do everything to protect her. And I, and my nephew, same thing. And I think as I hear these, like the story of the Christmas story, like that still matters to me. And I'm not sure why. And it doesn't go to the death story for me this year. I mean, I have seen that for sure. But I I 100% can't do the big, shiny, flashy thing, church or otherwise. And I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say it. I'm so glad I don't have to plan Christmas this year, like a Christmas oh, service. Man. It's so great. Good Lord. Like where you're just like you're trying to like not like you're trying to create stuff for your own family. Like you are, I wasn't, I was trying to like plan travel and all that sort of stuff. And also 
create a moment for everybody around me where mm. I was hoping that they'd come back the next Sunday because then, you know, it's a such a well, hard time. Well, this year, they can just come back the next day. I know. Yeah, I used to I've, hate that. Well, I've seen those debates online lately about like, well, should should you have service on Sunday now that it's on Christmas? I'm like, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I know what my vote is. Absolutely not. No, planned... people do family things, except for those yeah. of us who don't have family. Yeah. Well, and you've already planned like two, sometimes three, maybe four Christmas Eve services. No, thanks. Yeah. What if we like showed a different like, what does it look like to slow down and not do anything? Yeah. And that's I think that's really what that's I think what's behind my it's funny that we kind of have opposite reactions where you're like, I like the Christmas story. And I'm like, what Christmas story? Um <laughs> I like um, Christmas vacation, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, my kids and I watched the Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas <gasps> special. And I was like, I haven't this, seen it. Is it so this, good? It's it's cute. It's very cute. And I it's like, Guardians I want, I want Galaxy. a cute, generic Christmas. Like, like, but I think I think both of us are feeling that like, I just want to slow this down. Like, like yeah. the, all of the dials are turned up. There's like mm-hmm. capitalism's turned up and obligations turned up and religions mm-hmm. turned up. And all mm-hmm. this other stuff is turned up and, and you got to turn one of those down and which one you turn down. I mean, and just even people listening, I, I, I don't have a stake in that. That's your choice. Yeah. You decide. But I do feel like if you're going to have a winter holiday that is mildly enjoyable, I feel like you have to turn something down. Yeah. And, and also like, even just, I feel like in some ways we rail against our natural cycles. Like, I mean, what is happening? Like it's getting darker. It's, it's, you know, darker sooner. Mm-hmm. There's less daylight, right. you know, it's colder. Like the yep. Christmas Eve, the high in my city is going to be seven degrees. That is going to be the high. Holy. The day. Like we you shouldn't know. be I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's the thing. Like, I feel like winter is an invitation to rest and we don't do that very well. So like when, when I think about New Year's, I'm not starting anything new in January. Absolutely not. Like I will start something new in March. Like, oh, fascinating. Like okay, tell me why. Like, well, I think because I mean, one is just unnatural. Like this, this is a dark, gloomy time, and I think we just need to be okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Like, like I mean, I'm fine with Christmas being this like kickoff of this awful season that is winter sometimes, and winter is very beautiful. I like the cold. I actually enjoy but it. Maybe but... not awful. More like a. It's an invitation to rest and mm-hmm. like, you know, nature's resting. Your trees aren't doing anything. Your plants aren't doing anything. They don't care. Most of the animals are just kind of chilling, you know, or in survival mode. And and I think that that's okay to have just that cycle. Like, I don't start new things in the wintertime, really. I mean, I started this podcast in the wintertime, but that's fine. I think it's okay to just have that that as a cycle. So I, yeah, I January and sometimes I do the things that people do in December and January a lot of times like goal setting and things like that, you know, like I kind of kick off my year in the springtime and that's just been a cycle that I've set and I, I find that works for me. Yeah. I think what do you do with Christmas? Cause people have been talking about that in our discord a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do? Where do you go? Do you go to the service? Do you not go to the service? Do you do mm-hmm. the thing? I don't know. It's like finding your own practices and rhythms. And, you know, one of the things that Justin and I offline (laughs) have gone back and forth on is the artist way and writing 
you know, mm. that's like become a rhythm for me. And it's felt crazy, like writing, you know, three pages a day about whatever. But that was something we started and I started it on my birthday, which became a little bit like my my New Year's resolution. Yeah. And and I I mean, I, I do start some things in January, but it's I I think, yeah, finding whatever your rhythm is. I think, mm-hmm. you know, the the church year and the calendar year. I think you may have said this before. I don't know if you've said it in, you know, on on the podcast or not, but like sometimes New Year's just feels like this thing that's like, what is it that we're doing? Like what is it that we're <laughs> celebrating here? Yeah. Why is it that we feel change. this pressure to like, yeah, okay, it's a new year, but like why in the middle of winter do we suddenly feel this need to like improve, se- improve ourselves suddenly or like make these drastic life changes? And I, I mean, I, honestly, I think if New Year's was in March, we might have more success than our New Year's resolutions. That's going to be a theory I throw out there. <laughs> I think New Year's can be whatever you want it to be, just like Christmas can be whatever you yeah. want it to be. Because you can sort of decide that, like, this is the ritual I'm going to partake in. This is a date, you know, and I think overall, what I will say for both is that there is this like big buildup, like this thing needs to mean something, which when that happens, the expectations when they're not met are heartbreaking. And I know for myself anyway, Christmas is always beautiful. I always made such a big deal out of it. And I think I've shared with people I caught on fire when Christmas Eve service. I mean, I have done talk about like literally (laughs) caught on fire mid service. You know, I've done all kinds of things to make this like big thing happen. And then you know, Christmas Eve, I'm back home. For whatever reason, I like to drink a white Russian Christmas Eve. It's just like a weird, I never drink white Russians <laughs> for whatever reason. A white Russian Christmas Eve sitting by myself staring at Christmas lights is like, that was my thing. And then I usually flew out in the morning to go see my niece and nephew, my brother and family. Mm-hmm. I think if, I, if I'm honest, I wasn't sad about the experience that I'd had because it was a beautiful experience. But when I compare it to what I thought everyone else was having, that's Mm. when I felt sad. When I thought everyone else is having that like, you know, Hallmark movie moment by the side of their Christmas tree that they got to decorate with another human and all that sort of stuff. That's when I thought like, well, this is not, this is shit. (laughs) You know, like instead of being like, wow, I created this thing that people really had an experience with something that they felt like it was a divine connection. I felt like it was a divine connection. We had this moment where we all slowed down for a minute and lit some candles and that seemed to really matter. And I'm having this white Russian and tomorrow I get to see the people who have loved me the longest. Instead, I was like, where's my Hollywood romance? Why does it keep messing up? Where's the snow? Like all these things that I thought I had to have to have a Christmas moment. Yeah. And I just feel like there's an invitation in all of this to maybe like set aside expectation. I think that's the beauty of leaving being a professional Christian and the fear. So it's like two-sided, right? One side is like, oh, now I don't have to worry about the expectations other people have on me. But then the other side is, oh, no, I need to not worry about the expectations that other people have on me. So now I need to, what does this mean for me? Which can feel like a lot to figure out. Yeah. And that's, and it's hard because I think for a lot of us, we didn't consciously or not, we chose a path that kind of was decided for you. Like what things mean was decided for you. Mm. What you do is decided for you. 
And so when you do step out and like, okay, you actually do get to define this. Like mm-hmm. if you want to have a soft, quiet Christmas where you just kind of focus on the Christmas story, like you actually just get to do that. Like you just get to do things. If you want to have, if you want to like take the Christ out of Christmas in the most thoughtful, kind way possible. Um, even like, it's so funny that even made me bristle. Like, don't do that. <laughs> you know, like you can just do that. Like you don't even have to not like Jesus to do that. You could just be like, Hey buddy, like, you know, cause sometimes it feels like, what if like labor day, all of a sudden Christians started walking around and being like, Jesus is the reason for the season. Cause he was a carpenter and he's the reason you're getting this day off. Like you'd be like, that's, this is weird. <laughs> this is weird. <laughs> You know, and like, for me, I'm just celebrating gift giving because that's a human thing. It doesn't have to be a Christian thing, you know, mm. and I'm celebrating light and, you know, the solstice and, and, you know, snuggling up with people I love because it's cold outside because that's a human thing. That doesn't necessarily uh. have to be a Christian thing. And it isn't to say that I don't like Christian things. It's just maybe not this thing. And, and and yeah, even for me to say that, it's like I say it jokingly and tongue in cheek, but I'm like, oh, can you do that? Are you allowed to do that? And you are like, and if you yeah. need a permission slip, maybe that'll be a bit of merch that we make just like oh, a permission, permission slip that we, you can just do it. Like the, the, the cops aren't, I mean, some things, the cops will stop you, uh, but most things it, it's, so it's fine. You know, you get to define the season. And have the season work for you. I mean, if you want, if you need a quote from Jesus, you know, the Sabbath was made for people, not people for the Sabbath. And and I think we need to maybe remember that a little bit. Well, and again, I think there, the reality of this like pressure that you feel for this to be such a magical moment. I often feel that way too. Like, so you do a lot of weddings. I've been to a lot of weddings and I feel like sometimes we pressure people to feel a certain way at the thing. And if they don't feel a certain way at the thing, then they feel like there's something broken inside of them mm-hmm. instead of maybe that's just not the thing. And then sometimes you feel that exact same way that you're supposed to feel in a different moment. Mm-hmm. So if the magic of the season is really just an opening of a door to something that's always available to us, this idea that like we're all connected, right? Like the story of Christmas is we're all connected, mm-hmm. right? The story of Christmas is the humbleness is sometimes the strength. The story of Christmas is people sacrificing for other people, not like sacrificial. I'm not talking the cross stuff. I'm talking like people making shifts in their lives to make space for other people. And I think that's available every day. I just love the idea that we all pause for a moment and maybe we're a little bit nicer. I fly on Christmas day almost every year. And I feel like even the TSA folks are nicer. I literally flew out one year and the TSA group at Orange County had formed a choir and were singing Christmas carols. And it was, they're really good singers. (laughs) Welcome to living adjacent to LA where everyone has a, uh, you know, they could just give you their resume at any moment, not resume. What's the word I'm looking for? Like their, here's my uh, portfolio. Yeah. Here's my portfolio. Please listen to my demo. They were so good, but it really opened up my heart to like, even like, the stewardess on the flight, everyone, there's just this like air. And so there is some magic to that. And like living into that and feeling that is okay. I don't want to be a bah humbug. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be someone. So like, let me tell you guys, I've worn a costume every day last week. I did. I was at a different running group. And in some ways you could probably argue running's become my church. You know, I went to a Christmas concert 
I wore a costume and by concert guys, I went to like a eighties and nineties cover band that also had a burlesque show in the middle of it. It was a very confusing moment for me, but it was fun. And it was with a group of friends who I adore and getting to do that is the reason for the season. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it is the thing. And if my expectations aren't that this is going to be a magical moment that every, like, you know, I feel like we set up, you know, Lexus, the season to remember, you know, all that sort of stuff. And so we feel like, oh, I have to, I have to, this has to be like mind blowing. And, and then we're disappointed because that's a human thing too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, I find, I mean, every year I'm out, I find that I think I enjoy this. I, I mean, there are things, especially as a parent, for those of you that are parents, like it's a lot of work to make the magic of Christmas happen. Like, and then Santa Claus gets all the credit. Oh dear. I never <laughs> thought about that because I've never had kids. I'm like, I'm going to try to rip that bandaid off as fast as I can so that I can get some credit. Oh, okay. Dad, <laughs> we should probably talk about that. No, no, it, we'll keep that going as long as it is normal, I guess. But it's, you know, it's, it is a lot of work, but it, it's, you know, there are, there are, I, I am finding uh, a lot more joy in that work. Because it's work that I choose, whether and not really work that I I have to do, and that's been a good thing. Yeah, and the expectation is like, what do I want that to look like? What do I want my kids to think? Do I want them to see me like stressed out? And you yeah. know, is that really what I want? Yeah, I'm trying to militantly de-stress myself, and that's and those are weird words to put next to each other, but it's true. Like, totally. I feel like I have to have this like like hardcore vigilance to be like, no, I am not going to get stressed out in front of my kids. I'm not going to I'm not going to make this season seem like a burden to them. I don't want that. And and that, that takes I mean, it takes a lot of self-care. That takes a lot of time. But I think, you know, for me that again, that's work that's worth it to me. And I think it's and I think I, and I, I hope that that's what they, they might forget a lot of the gifts. And that's fine. I, I hope they remember that their parent was centered and a, a pleasure to be around. In the chaos oh, that can yeah. be this, in the chaos that can be this season, and and that's, I think that's a much longer legacy than than I got the thing, whatever the thing happens to be. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's like, what are the experiences and was the feeling around it? So whatever your Christmas might look like, friends, yeah. our hope is that it is. Yeah, it's something that is filled with a slowing down, is filled with letting go of expectation, being present to what is, being present to each other in the middle of it. And being open to possibility. I think that's another thing about the Christmas story is that I love about it is uh, you couldn't have expected it. And it didn't turn out the way anyone thought. And I love that because mm-hmm. my life has been a series of I thought it was going to go one way and it went another. And then as you think about New Year's, as we think about going into 2023, I think 2022 had a lot of pressure because it was coming out of pandemic. And we thought, now I can start slaying again. And everybody actually ended up saying, I don't ever want to do that again. <laughs> so Never want to um, hustle again. <laughs> I don't want to hustle. So what does it look like? I want to invite you to, I don't know, think maybe through what would, what would bring me joy in 2023? Like what, what would feel like something I could be hopeful for in 2023. What about you, Justin? Like, what, when you think about 2023, what do you think? Yeah, I think in some ways when I think of 2023, I, I, I agree with you. Like what, you know, 
finding things that would be that are hopeful, that are centering, that are grounding. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I still see people post about like you know, rise and grind and hustle this, hustle that. Uh, I saw one guy say something about like, yeah, you've got a nine to five, but what's your, what's your six to ten? Like, I don't want to sit. Nope. Absolutely. I don't even want a nine to five. But I feel guilty about um, the six event. Like if I'm not killing it. I mean, yeah. On I my mean, side hustles. There's enough guilt to go around. I guess. Yeah. I think for me in 2023, I think I just want ease and not ease as in like an easy life, but for the energy that I put in to be useful and generative and efficient and not spinning my wheels. Does that mm. make sense? That's your hope for 2023. That there is that I will be able to create a little more ease, but that nothing feels forced or pressured or that I got to put 10 times of, you know, 10 times of work to get one thing, but just, you know, that I can find ways to, to make that space. You know, last year, my word was like enough, I think, where I was like, okay, I just want uh, to be for things to be enough. And I think this year, I really want to learn or like figure out, you know, we said we weren't doing resolution or resolutions, resolututions. Is that the right word? For some reason, the word resolute, you know how when you say word over and over again, all of a sudden doesn't seem like the right word. I think for me, what I would love is to be actually present to wherever I am. And I have had some great therapy to help me understand why in my past I haven't been able to be present. But I think, so I think for me, it's this idea of, it's still enough in some ways and still, but like there is this deep desire within me to actually be present to what I am, what is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Instead of wishing it was one way or or thinking back on the past, whatever it might be, like dreading yeah. the future, whatever it is, just to be here is sort of my hope for 2023 is that I would be here and appreciate what is and not constantly long for what I wish was. So that's that's our that's our year end, guys. So much has happened this year. We're so grateful for you. We are going to close out with the poem that I think we did our first episode closing out with. So. Who is surprised that it's going to be a John O'Donohue? <laughs> no one. He is our, he's our mascot, if you will. He's our patron saint. Yeah. This is for a new beginning. So as you think about however you are looking at Christmas differently, or if you're looking at the New Year's different, however it might be, this is for a new beginning. In out-of-the-way places of the heart, where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming waiting until you were ready to emerge. For a long time, it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you had outgrown. It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promise that sameness whispered, heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight, when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plentitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning. That is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease and risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Friends, have a fantastic holiday season. 
and we will catch you in 2023. Yeah. See you then. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.